right. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Marriage Matters with Ken and Char. How you doing, babe? I'm doing really good. Why are you doing good today? Because we have Luke and Crystal with us. Luke and Crystal Moreno yes. are here. We're going to interview these guys. Now, I have to say, this is the third attempt at this recording. And I'm just telling you on this end, I maybe. The devil doesn't want us to put this recording out, but we're going to get it this yeah, time. This I promise. Our... Last time it was totally pilot error. It I got to, I got to own that one. <laughs> one little button I didn't I think push. Both times it was pilot error. <laughs> it is. You think both times it may have been. Well, yeah. You might be right about that. <laughs> so, uh, Luke, Crystal, these are the Morenos. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing good. Thank you. Yeah. Doing good. Good morning. Well, thanks for spending the time with us. Uh, real quick, just a, a quick little bit of background. Uh, we are in a 10-part series uh, on Kickstarters to a Great Marriage. We just, the episode before this one, and this is what prompted me wanting to interview, or Shardy and I wanted to mm-hmm. interview you guys, uh, was from the 18th verse of Ephesians 5, which says, and do not be drunk with wine in which is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And that got us talking about two things. Number one, the, the big idea there is walk in a Spirit-filled way, Right but he contrasts it with a life influenced by alcohol. And so that got us talking. And we have, throughout our ministry life, advocated an alcohol-free living for believers. Um, some people think us prudish and, or even legalistic about that. We, we have not uh, drank throughout our whole married life, but much of the body of Christ does. And as we got to sharing this, your guy's story came to mind. I know enough about it to know that that's it's been a journey with you guys. There's kind of almost a before alcohol and after alcohol version to your guys' life where the Lord just really broke loose in your life once uh, a decision had been made and to give up drinking of any kind and be an alcohol-free couple. Uh, so much has happened in your guys' life. So we're going to ask you some questions and let you guys just uh, kind of share your story with us. And the, the reason I think this is really good is because I believe personally that there are so many believing couples out there trying to figure this out. It's a gray area of life that the Bible leaves a lot of discretion there. We would never say that it's a sin to have an alcoholic beverage, right? The Bible doesn't say that. Drunkenness is a sin, but having a drink isn't. So that makes it a gray area. Do we or don't we? Do we drink casually a little bit or when we're out of town or on special occasions? Or do we not? at all. And I think there's a lot of couples in the valley of decision. They're trying to figure this out and negotiating this out with the Lord. And our encouragement is, again, just uncomplicate your life. Just quit it all together. And that answers the question and keeps you out of a lot of trouble. I read this proverb in the last episode, and I want to kick off with it and then ask you guys some questions. Uh, The 23rd proverb, the 29th verse says, who has woe who has sorrow, who has contentions, who has complaining or complaints, who has wounds without cause, and who has redness of eye, speaks of teary moments and wounds without a cause, just inflicting uh, sorrow upon one another, right? Uh, those, the answer, those who linger long at wine, those who go in search of mixed wine, do not look on the wine when it's red, when it sparkles in the glass, when it swirls around smoothly at the last, it bites like a serpent and it stings like a viper. It foretells this. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart will offer perverse things, meaning you'll 
say stuff that you normally wouldn't say. You'll think in a way you wouldn't normally think, which is why I think Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Spirit. So let's start with a couple of questions. The, the, one of the big whoppers is simply this. How big of a place did alcohol have in your guys' life uh, when you married and then in the early married years as you come up uh, in the Lord or starting to grow in the Lord? How big of a place did alcohol have with you guys? It had a, a big place in our marriage. Uh, I, I started drinking as a teenager, and it just got worse as time time went on. So by the time me and Crystal got together, which was around when I was 23, that uh, I was already a heavy drinker, mm. and and that included you know partying and clubbing and everything that goes with it. Yeah, and it didn't. It never. It never stopped. Yeah, it just caught a lot of momentum even when we got married because my my wife drank too. Yeah, and uh, it just was a. It wasn't a, just a drink here and there. Yeah. It was, wasn't, wasn't social. It was. No, it was, it was whether I was at a party or at my house, I was getting drunk on the weekends. Yeah. And, uh, and drinking during the week too, Luke, like after work, even on a, like a two random Tuesday night, you're having a couple pops after. Oh work. yeah, definitely. And then too, even during the week, if it's a NBA finals game or, yeah. or something going on, I, I'm going to then, oh, now it's another opportunity for me to right. drink a little more that day. So for me, I can say it was, it was heavy in our marriage. It was now, a, a lifestyle for you guys. For sure. Okay. Now you, you had trusted, um, Christ as a, as a child in childhood. So was this, was there conviction about this? Was it something that you had no conviction about? Was the Lord, as you look back now, was it a point of conviction in your life at all? It it definitely was uh, accepting the Lord at a young age at ten years old. You know the uh, I, I definitely knew Jesus by this point and had cultivated a relationship with Him and was a believer. And uh, mm-hmm. and it definitely was a conviction. There was there was there was a part of me that just could never get any type of peace because of the sin that I was committing mm-hmm. towards the Lord. So it definitely was a conviction for okay. me. And Crystal, how about you? A big place in your life? Just kept on going after you married Luke? Yes. And, yeah. uh, even before I met Luke, we met at a club. And okay. There so you go. It was, it was that lifestyle, just out there, partying, drinking. And I felt no conviction. Yeah. I didn't know the Lord at the time. I knew God existed, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. I re- really didn't know who he was. So I had no conviction whatsoever. So to me, it was normal. I, I just question, how long... Had you know had you known Christ before you and Luke married? Uh, before we married, well, I Luke made the introduction. Okay, he before he even asked me to be his girlfriend, he asked me if I believed in God. Okay, and now he says at least he could work with that. <laughs> <laughs> if I That's had said great. no, it's like I have nothing to work yeah. with. <laughs> yeah, right. But I so that didn't come until after I married Luke. Okay, um, so when you did. When you were saved and and a young Christian, was there conviction that you had about drinking too, or was that something that took time for the Lord to begin to massage your heart like that? Or that took time. Yeah. It did. I got baptized in 2011. Okay. We got married in 2009. I okay. got baptized 2011, okay. and at that point, I started feeling a, a small tug in my heart. Okay, not fully convicted, not enough to change my lifestyle because I was still drinking. Um, and we would drink to the point of passing out, blacking out. Yeah. And I still didn't feel that strong conviction yet. Now, I've asked you before, did you consider yourself a, a full-blown alcoholic at the time? And you said, no, I just we, I just enjoyed drinking. And, right. Right. Not, I didn't consider myself an alcoholic. I just really enjoyed it. Right. 
and overly Luke, enjoyed it. But you you do feel like you were on that road that was it was going to control your life, right? Yes, I, I felt like I was, and just because of the background in my own family, from all the way to my grandparents to to my father and and uh, and just and even sisters and and brothers that that, that have dealt with it, that uh, it was I, I was feeling like it was really take starting to take control of my life, even to the point where you know where where after a long weekend of drinking, I mean, I started getting the shakes, you know, like the next day. So it, it really at the end before I stopped. It was getting kind of, it was getting a little right. different, you know, right. a little more heavier. Right. That that proverb talks about who has sorrows, who has contentions, and who has, uh, without a cause, wounds, right? And things like that, where it almost foretells, it, it, again, without prohibiting a, a drink, it says, who this is what it will bring. It will bring... Uh, a whirlwind with it. Did you find that to be true? How, did it have a negative effect in your marriage? Did, was your marriage suffering because because of alcohol connected directly to your drinking? Oh, definitely. You know, for me, I can I can say that you know even even before just without alcohol and being you know sexually active at an early age mm-hmm. and and uh, immersing myself in things like that, sexual immorality that. Man, alcohol just took it to a different level in my in my own mind, and even would you know would play itself out in in being flirtatious and yeah. things like that that were that that uh, definitely were were causing and wreaking some havoc Problem, on sure. on Crystal. I mean, it's kind of obvious, but I mean, at the yeah. alcohol played a, a huge role in right. that. Changes the way you behave, the way you act. Yeah, right. That, I think that's completely accurate. It's very deceiving. The commercials make it look so mm-hmm. nice and fun and relaxing. But, and like you've said, Pastor Kenny, one is, it doesn't say you can't drink one, but it's where we took it to. The level we took it to was, right. was too much. And right. it would cause a lot of arguments, a lot of fights. And me personally get physical because I was just that much angry yeah. or thinking that I saw certain things that probably weren't even there. Yeah. And, Myself too, as a, as a woman, just putting myself out there in the club, causing yeah. men to to lust, so, yeah. because that's just as a woman, that's what you you have that ability to do. That right, right. I know I can just hear somebody out there thinking, well, okay, I'm hearing the Luke and Crystal story, but we're we don't do we're not clubbers and we're not we we we're we're social drinkers, but I I think it's important that if it's an issue of degrees, even a pop here and there will have somebody behaving in a way they wouldn't normal or saying something that they wouldn't normally say. It just does that to where an argument's going to take off in a direction just be, after a few cup glasses of wine in the evening where somebody's going to be in anger, say something they normally would have enough self-control not to say. It wouldn't edify the marriage, but they're going to pull the trigger on it and say it anyway or do it. Do you know, I mean, Charlene, I'm looking at Charlene, we've counseled so many couples where not out of just straight clubbing environment and that, but alcohol fueled, um, casual drinking fueled an affair between best friends, uh, the neighbor next door, uh, some pastor and a woman in the choir uh, because of a, a couple glasses of wine one night. I mean, look, this stuff happens all the time. And I think it's, naive to think that, okay, well, I'm not, 
I'm not a clubber, so this doesn't really relate to us. You know, I'm not out there getting drop, kick, hammered, you know. <laughs> but hey, just a couple glasses of wine. There's some they don't call it liquid courage for nothing. And you're gonna do something or say something that leads to something that's offensive to an otherwise healthy marriage. So I think I, I, I really want to encourage couples, listen up and don't don't dismiss this from from your lives because Luke and Crystal maybe drank more than you do. Look, alcohol, it, that, what I love about that proverb, it doesn't say who has woe, who has sorrows, the ones that drink real heavy at clubs. It, it just says those who look forward to the next glass of wine, those who go in pursuit of wine and look too long at it and wait too long at wine, right? So alcohol uh, uh, at, at, at any level, I think, can be problematic for a lot of couples, right? That's what this interview is all about. It is. And like you're saying, not everyone might be going to clubs and living that party lifestyle, but we at one point were trying to negotiate that with God. Like, well, okay, we'll stop going to the club and putting ourselves out there. We'll just bring it to our house. So we would stay home. And And did that solve the problems? No, it was, (laughs) I think it was even, you're now you're even more comfortable. You're at home and you're not, you don't have to drive anywhere. So you can even drink that much more and people come to you and so we would have huge gatherings and just a lot of drinking. Yeah. And I, I, I think you said, uh, Pastor Kenny, right now that being naive about it, it's uh, I, I know for sure that, that that's a big case in, in the drinking, even like you said, the not clubbing and stuff, because to say that something, especially when you're talking about something in an affair or mm-hmm. something happening, to be honest, I mean, when the drinks are flowing and, and you know, the talk gets loose yeah. and, and, and boundaries that were there are being, you know, erased at that point. Yeah. Oh man, that, that can, it would be very naive for us to think, well, that's my, my best friend's, you know, yeah. husband or wife. I would never think that. Yeah. And you're right mind. You would never think that, right. but when it gets loose like that, I mean, I can speak for myself that there's many thoughts and many things that go through all our, yeah. uh, all our heads and it can definitely get to that point. Well, like I said, it's not just you guys. We've counseled so many marriages where again, and it maybe was, didn't lead to an inappropriate thing happening, but it led to getting pulled over and getting a DUI on the way home because someone tested over the limit and he lost a job or the thousands of dollars it takes to recover from a DUI and going through steps and paying the fines and all that. I mean, it just puts a family, it creates issues in family life and in a married life that I just, when, when people try to defend this, it gets really interesting because I go, okay, what, give me the positives here. What are you defending? Uh, right, right. <laughs> so what does it do that's good in a life? And, and there's really is, we've not been able to find anything. Right? I, I, I can say too, the, the one part maybe that's positive in a lot of people's minds without saying mm-hmm. it is, it makes you not deal with a lot of issues too that are facing you in your life because you can catch a buzz or, or, or get drunk either way that it, mm-hmm. it kind of erases that in your life. It's, yeah. it's a, like a drug, you know, that, that people use yeah. to, I know I can say for myself that sure. it made me forget about a lot of things right. that were facing my life. So instead of facing things straight on, it was able to kind of yeah. disappear for the moment. For the moment. As you wake up in the morning and there it is still got to be dealt exactly. with. Exactly. It, it is. It's, your problems are still there. Yeah. And I drank because I just love the feeling that numbness, it yeah. gives you a, a, a numbness. And yep. you just feel like you're floating. But that's, like you said, Pastor Kenny, the very next day, it's, it's, it's all right still there. there yeah. And who wouldn't want that numbness? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah. in this day and age, it, with marital conflict and this world, it's, it's so um, 
confusing out there. And at times I understand how people go, I just need to be set free of that so I can drink. And the problem is it can bite you. Well, it always will bite you. And I've even had thoughts at times when I couldn't sleep. Oh, maybe if I did have a glass of wine, though I've never done that because I just am not a drinker ever. And, um, but it, the thought has happened Mm -hmm. and I go, my luck, I would become an alcoholic, you know, Mm -hmm. and it is, it just takes one time for you to start negotiating with that. And, to bring that into your life as a couple, I think is really difficult, especially if one is drinking and the other one isn't drinking or feels that conviction. How did you guys handle that? Did you come to the conclusion of stop drinking at the same time or what led you to that? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there was like kind of like how Crystal mentioned, we were already as time was going on and it, and it really started changing when we started going uh, to Crossroads. And Pastor Kenny at the time was a pastor, and and we were really really drawn to that church by the by the Holy Spirit, and we we started feeling a little con- started feeling more convicted, I can say, when going there. And at this time too, uh, uh, we're not going to the clubs much. We're we're more kind of like I said, just partying at our house and with family and more closer friends. And uh, and at this time, the Lord's really working. Uh, I know on my heart and I on Crystal's. But uh, there was some major instances that had happened. And one of them was um, when one night when I was driving, me and Crystal were going to go get something to eat. And uh, we that I mean, thankfully, it's only by God's grace that mm. I wasn't drinking that night. And, you know, and because I, I probably uh, usually would have had a couple beers in me. And uh, we ended up driving in a in a in a young girl. She was a teenager had ran, it was, it was dark. Obviously it was night, but it was raining also. And she was dressed in all black and she ran across the street, not on a crosswalk, but across the street. And, and I ended up hitting her Mm. and she ended up passing away. And that, that, that definitely was, was a turning point. I know in my mind and my heart and crazy that it didn't just stop me in my tracks at that point, but the Lord was doing something and he spared me that night. But that, you, you say he spared you because you normally, in your normal night, you would have uh, had alcohol in your system, and it, that that whole story could have changed. At the, your life could have radically changed that night uh, had you had a couple pops, which would you normally would have, right? Oh yes, and I mean, we all know the consequences from that. I mean, that yeah. would have changed everything in my life, yeah. you know. And the and that's some people's story, you know. But the Lord spared me that night, and but the 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 drinking continued, and. Uh, and at, at this point too, uh, Pastor Kenny had really uh, pushed us to become uh, part of a small group at this time at church, and so we got involved with that. And uh, it, and and the Lord was really drawing us to the fellowship of of believers. And and so at this time, more conviction, still drinking. I end up going to a bar and getting into it with some guys, and the, one of the guys ended up having a gun, and it was a uh, it was a uh, something that could have definitely got blown out, you know, out of proportion really, really quick. And, uh, when that happened, uh, there, there, some didn't sit right with me again, but it was a different type of heaviness that I had on me. And when I went to work on that Monday morning, it was, uh, almost like a, you know, something that just, you know, an epiphany, whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it, but that the Lord really, you know, I seen an ambulance drive by and it was just a real deep conviction of, this was going to be my life, that mm. this is how I was going to be remembered in my life. 
and uh mm. and and who knows the, the way that that was going to happen that the lord was saying but it it definitely hit me hard that to the point where it scared me and it and it got me to a point that uh i when i got to work i ended up calling crystal and uh telling her to uh let's get rid of all the alcohol so what, what that that's kind of where where uh it happened for me and how how old were you at this time it, this was uh Three, I was I was thirty five. Okay. So this was drinking from you know seven you know seventeen to thirty five of of drinking. Yeah. So Chris, so he calls you and and says, "Look, pour it all out. We need to be done." Is that where were you on that page? Was that a struggle for you, or were you right there with him? But had the Lord been working in you at that same time? The Lord had already been working in me, and I had been ready for a yeah. while to stop drinking, to stop that lifestyle. And with me, it started when I started volunteering at the Bakersfield Pregnancy Center. I was an advocate there. Mm. Um, and advocating to these girls a certain lifestyle is one that I'm not living. I felt like a complete hypocrite and mm-hmm. didn't sit right with me while the Lord didn't let it sit right with me. So that that conviction started getting stronger and stronger. Um, so up until Luke decided that he wanted to stop drinking, I would try to negotiate things with the Lord. Like, okay, Lord, well, what if I have one or two and stop there. Well, I couldn't stop there. That's just not the way I I would drink. Um, But also seeing other believers drink, I thought, well, they're saved and they're drinking. I can do it too. But I just, that wasn't the case. So by the time Luke decided that we wanted to, he wanted to stop, I was right there. And that it was a Monday, actually right before Thanksgiving. By that point, I was so ready where I just cried out to the Lord asking him like, I don't know what to do. Like, mm-hmm. how do I handle this? What do I do? Because I was really ready to just not get a divorce, but live up my own life right. right there in the same household yeah. because I was, I didn't want to live that lifestyle anymore. I yeah. was, but I wasn't mature in the Lord yet to really handle things with grace and, and patience. Yeah. Um, so after I prayed, that's when I got the phone call and Luke said, I'm, I'm ready. And I said, really? And when he got home, we poured out everything. And you said it was a lot. It was a lot of liquor and a lot of beer. It was. It was a lot of liquor and beer. And when when I can say that Crystal was ready, I mean, it's as soon as I stepped in the house that she's like, "Let's do this." So yeah. there was no second, no second guessing yeah. if I was feeling yeah. so way. She I was. We're not changing your mind. No. No, way. I didn't want to give a chance to to Backtrack. ask again. Like, are you really ready? Nope. You said you're ready. Let's yeah. do it. Now, how did you guys handle that during the time that you were ready, Crystal, to? give alcohol up and Luke wasn't. How did that play out in your marriage? You know, that's a big point because I, I I have a feeling that there's plenty of listeners right now going, you know, that's kind of where we're at, where one person is feeling a conviction in the Lord. I, I, I want this out of my life and out of our life. I feel like that's the will of the Lord. The other person isn't. And I, I again, my first blush, I go, just if every married person when their spouse begins to talk like that and go, man, I just feel like the Lord, they would just go, then babe, I'm all in. Yeah, that, that this would get happen. easily resolved, right? But <laughs> so there's a season there where you're you're working this out together. So was it a real relief for you when Luke called? I mean, that had to have been a real relief for you. Okay, we're on the same page now. It was a huge relief because it was hard for me to stop while he's still drinking because it's still around me. I still enjoy it. And I, and it's more like, well, if he's doing it, well, might as well. So it's not like I, I could have stopped without him. 
And also I wasn't that mature in the Lord. So I wasn't handling things with patience or grace. Yeah. So I wanted to take it into my own hands and force him right. to stop. Right. And it just wasn't working. I was yeah. trying to, I was getting in the way of the Lord and he was trying to work things perfectly the way he does. And I just wasn't handling it well. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, a big part of this too is, is men, you know, leading their households. And I can definitely speak from that, that when I chose as a man to live a certain lifestyle, whether it was for the betterment of my marriage or at times definitely with drinking for the demise of it, that mm-hmm. Crystal would follow and she followed right along with it. And so it's a big responsibility. I can speak for myself as a man that that I was leading my family a certain type of lifestyle that definitely wasn't uh, enhancing anything with the Lord. Now, when Crystal was asking you, we need to give this up. We need to give this up. I don't want to do this anymore. What was your response? You know, I, I would agree. I would agree with her. That's the funny thing as far as that. I know it's an issue. I know it's a problem, but, and, and really though, I mean, it would, it would more be like, babe, I'm trying. I, I'm, okay. I'm, okay. I'm, str- I'm struggling and I know I am but I'm trying and, and I don't, I don't want to live this type of lifestyle. And, and there was many conversations with her and the only other person was mostly with my mom that I would be completely honest about it to be like, I I don't, I don't want to live this lifestyle. I don't want to be 60 years old and be falling over at parties still. You know, this has already Mm -hmm. gotten to a point of of, you know, I, I, I knew what was going on. So I th- that's kind of how the conversations would kind of go. But at the same time, I wasn't saying that I was going to give it up at that point right. either. So, <laughs> right. so there was a real struggle in your heart with it. Like you're thinking, I don't want to do this, but yet I do want to do this. And so <laughs> how did, how do you feel? Did Lord, the Lord just use those instances that he so spoke it to you? Sounds like, yeah. Oh yes, and and those things that were happening were just escalating okay. into into deeper things that were that were just getting getting worse. That you know that it was it was gonna whether the Lord was gonna end up coming it you know meeting it full on with the with something really happening that would have mm-hmm. devastated you know my marriage to the mm-hmm. you know to to a different extent. But I yeah, he definitely was using these situations and using Crystal at the same time because I couldn't sit there and just tell her, well, this is the way I live my life and don't worry about it because I knew the Lord and the conviction was there. So sure. I couldn't lie about that to say, don't worry about it because I knew it wasn't right. Right. I do. We, we do counsel a lot of couples that uh, one person wants to mm-hmm. limit the drinking and then the other person just says, forget it. I'm going to do this no matter what you say, or no matter what kind of conflict it is having in our marriage. And so you can see how people get to that point. Oh yes. And and that's such the, you know, the, the flesh and the, in the spirit of a man that I was so, you know, uh, broken because I would have these conversations even with my nephews while being drinking mm-hmm. and telling them that, you know, you guys don't, you know, don't get into this, you know, the yeah. guy who does it, but tells the guy not to do it. Yeah. But I really meant it that I didn't want that for their life. So I wasn't the uncle or the friend who was like, man, as soon as someone turns 21, I'm taking them out and we're drinking. Yeah. I was in my heart hoping they wouldn't drink because right. I knew the devastation that it was causing my marriage and my right. life. Right. Wow. So from your standpoint, Crystal, you said that you didn't handle it 
with with much grace where you were in the Lord. So I'm sure there was, you know, tension or arguments about it. So what would you tell a person out there, a married person who's in your position where, gosh, I just, I feel the Lord doing this. I want to be an alcohol-free marriage. Uh, The spouse isn't on the same page. Is it a matter of just keep seeking the Lord, keep praying, committing it to prayer? But, yes, because God would, had clearly had to do a work here. Yes, this is only God's work, not yeah. not our own strength. Right. And I would say to continue to pray, be patient, and and be graceful. Right on. Um, because I again wasn't fully submitted either. So right. someone had I talked to someone about our situation once, and this person asked me, "Well, are you drinking? Are you still drinking? Are you willing to give it up?" Mm-hmm. And I thought, "Well, no, I'm not." Right. But if you do need to give it up. Yeah. You you kind of have to seek the Lord for that strength, right not on. kind of you need to, because right. it, we're weak. Yeah. But I would say just be patient and continue to to pray. Well, this story is a great testimony for men too, Luke. Thanks for being honest and sharing because um, there's so I think there are circumstances where a, a wife would want to go there just with good, strong, loving leadership would love to go there. And I think that's what you needed at the time. It's just not where Luke's head was at. God was still doing a work. But uh, any man listening out there, it, it's time to be sensitive to this stuff. And uh, if you've got a wife that's wanting change, see, hearing the Lord, wanting to change things, man, don't be the guy that's the stopper here. Get on, get on board, lead your family well. I mean, and I know you eventually did that. You're doing that now. We've watched how the Lord is operating with you guys now. So incredible transformation. But It's a great lesson for men. Wives will commonly go, they'll follow with good, strong, loving leadership when it's in place, right? Well, and it also impacts your whole family. So I know you guys don't have children at this point, but when you have alcohol in the home, there's always that risk that the children follow in their parents' footsteps and they see alcohol's fine. You know, dad gets drunk every so often. It's not that bad, but okay, we can do that too. And Mm -hmm. I think as parents and husbands leading their family in the things of the Lord, it all depends on what you want to lead your family in. If it's the things of the Lord or the things of the spirit or the things of the flesh. And I think that it's a huge responsibility for um, husbands and parents in their family and even your extended family of what our family's about. And I think that that's what the Lord has brought you to, what your family's going to be about. And another point I wanted to make is, Crystal, how you still drank, even though you were so convicted. Isn't that the way Satan gets us at times? And at that point, we have to stand up. We we obey the Lord. And we have to say, okay, you can go ahead and drink, but I'm not going to anymore. But it's really hard to do that. But there's a point that we have to do that as wives or husbands, because the conviction of the Holy Spirit is so strong in our own life. And I, But it is difficult when that two people that are one flesh spur each other on. You know, so that that like you said, I I'm glad that you brought that up. Well, that's why I think this is great to have an open conversation with a couple that's mm-hmm. had this journey. It's and a journey. I don't think anything that you guys went through along the way here um, is abnormal or even unique. I think there's a lot of couples in this position where this is a gray area of life. 
they may be looking at each other. You guys are just unique in that you were getting hammered. I mean, they're drunkenness, which is clearly a sin, but there's plenty of couples that go, okay, as long as we're not drunk, this can be in our life. But how right? do you draw that line? I want to ask you guys, since I've never really been a drinker, so how do you draw the line between having a drink and being drunk? Yeah. Or what just is a buzz, the line? Is buzz drunk? Yeah. Is, what is, what is yeah. that line? And how do you, because I do know a lot of couples that say, well, we don't get drunk. Sure. But we drink. Okay. I got to say this. We've had this conversation with plenty of couples when we're, we're on this topic and we're, we're trying to work things through with them. And they'll, I'll say, well, do you guys drink? Well, no. I go, so you, you don't drink anything. They go, well, no, we drink wine, but that's not really drinking. <laughs> right. I'm going, okay, time, time out. All right. Or, or they'll say, well, again, wine isn't really, because wine is such a big deal in the church now. I mean, I think, you know, we're, and I speak for myself, we're pretty good at fooling ourselves to thinking a situation is not as bad as we think. And I think when you're talking about this, I've dealt with people that um, we have, you know, even when we were drinking to be like, oh no, you know, we, we don't drink that much, but come to find out every time I see them, they always have a drink in their hand. And it's like, like you said, that line between, you know, getting a, maybe a buzz and stopping there and going too far as far as in this country and what I've seen here in this culture, that is very few in between that I've met people that actually can have some drinks and then just go to bed. Yeah. And, but I have met them. Yeah. It is out there that that does happen, but the majority, and that's including Christians too, that we it's getting taken to the furthest extent and maybe not like you're saying, drunk where they're passing out. Sure. But it's definitely at a part where I guarantee that they're not acting like themselves. And there are certain things that the enemy at that point can use to really, really mess up a situation with temptation, whether like Pastor Kenny was saying that whether it's in a argument, something you shouldn't have said, right. or whether it's with a, you know, uh, something that would be sexually immoral for you to do. Uh, it's definitely open gates, I think, at that point. Well, it's really interesting. This this proverb that we kind of have cited a couple of times, it doesn't say who has woe, who has sorrows, who has injury without cause. Again, those who get fall down drunk. It's those who just sit long at wine. And it's really interesting that it mentions wine. It doesn't say drunkenness. It's So it's kind of forcing the issue, right, to deal with this issue of casual or social drinking even at that point, you know, I, I think most believers who uh, are following Jesus, they'll admit, look, drunkenness, we don't, that's not in our life, right? We don't want that in our life. And they come to that pretty early. But, and that we're, we're really talking more about this casual thing where they're, they think they'll escape uh, the effects of these things. But again, this proverb says um, that, that um, at last, it says in the final analysis, at last, it will bite you. It will sting, bite you like a viper. It will have a stinger to it. And I think that's the warning, I think, that the the Bible has. So let, I'm assuming then once you guys make this decision, you get, you get you're an alcohol-free couple now, right? It's just out of your life, uh, that it seemed to unlock a lot of what the Lord was wanting to do in your life. It seemed like because from the outside looking in and watching the trajectory of your guy's life, something happened right about then where the, the, the Lord's hand began to move really powerfully in your guy's life and doors started opening and 
stuff started happening in your in your Christian walk that was directly related to it feels like to us anyway directly related to that commitment that breakthrough in your guy's life is that was that a fair assessment yes it was once once we let go of that and the lord just broke those chains it was it was it changed mm. our life just changed and we just at that time weren't fit for the kingdom mm. we were believers but we just yeah. weren't being used we yeah, were staying right. stagnant right um but our the way that we would argue now or have our conversations was completely different really it was it was i was more of the aggressive one especially when drinking yeah and i would i was getting more and more aggressive as i drank more and more i just i don't it just would anger yeah, me i got it yeah and that completely went away and it's just so much more easier to just stay quiet and it's okay <laughs> so, i don't have so to so the say way anything. you guys so personally, the way we argue the way we yeah the way you resolve conflict, conflict yeah yes right on Oh, definitely. And then too, like you said, opened up other avenues that was within ministry that the Lord was opening up. And then even in personal life, as far as a certain, uh, you know, I was able to open up a, a business at this time, but at the time when I was drinking, there's no way the Lord would have allowed that. Mm. And there's no way I probably would have been fit for that because I, the way that I drank and, and, and the way that it affected me. So the Lord, it, it reminded me at church once there, there was a sermon that it was kind of like all this land was promised to the children of Israel in the Old Testament, but they only took like a sliver of it. But mm -hmm. the Lord had such a bigger plan for them if they would have just took it. And that really hit me because the Lord was, I know, speaking to me that like he does to all of us, that he has such a such a vast plan for us to take hold in our lives. But there's these and it, and it always comes back to sin and obeying him yeah. that these things and will hinder us from that plan that he has for us. So I'm just thankful I got to see some of it uh, come come to uh, fruition yeah. with giving up drinking. Yeah. Well, that last question that I have is a lot of times we've seen what really changes. And I think a lot of couples might even be concerned that, gosh, this is going to change my family dynamic. I'm close with my family, but. Uh, it a lot of our dynamic revolves around alcohol at our gatherings and things like that. And what are am I going to have to endure insult and mockery if I'm the sober guy in the room, or, I, or I'm not? You know, having a glass of wine has it affected you guys that way within your families? You know, has it cost you a lot at that point, or have people been pretty accepting of that? Look, we just don't drink, man. My family was surprised when they okay. first saw me sober and saw me at a gathering and I was just not drinking, but they've been accepting and, and they're used to it now. Good. It has changed in the way where we don't get invited to certain places <laughs> as often yeah. anymore and we don't get as many visitors to our house anymore. Um, so that does sometimes have a, um, gives me like a, a deceiving feeling of oh, maybe what am maybe, I missing out? What, I'm missing out on something, or mm. maybe I can just have one, but I know it's not. But I do then think of when the Jews were freed from Egypt mm -hmm. and they kept wanting to go back, but they were freed; they were no longer slaves, right? And they kept wanting to go back, but point. they were they were already freed. And just thinking about God freed me; He yeah. freed me from these shackles and nothing good came out of it. Yeah. So I yeah. just, I revert to that. Yeah. Your family, Luke? Yeah. My family's been accepting like uh, a lot of people uh, like my older sister, my father and di different uh, family members have quit drinking. And so it's not as much a uh, central point as it was years ago yeah. in my, in my immediate family and friends, same thing. Crystal said, there's certain ones that, you know, don't get invited. But as far as like 
getting treated a certain way. I can't say I've dealt with that, but I can say though, that as far as dealing with problems now, it's that that's maybe my more struggle of facing things head on when Mm -hmm. things go bad at work or it's a horrible week with certain situations that I don't run to something that I have to. And at the end of the day, I got to face it. And I face it with the Lord, you know, that he calls me to and to build something within me. But that I would say is a hard point, but I know that it's, it's, for myself, it's it's not a uh, like a yearning as mm-hmm. far as like maybe some people deal with you know alcohol mm-hmm. having to craving craving and having to go to meetings every you know week which some people have to you know sure. to stay clean and I get that but it hasn't been that but it's definitely been the tricks of of missing out on something with certain uh, yeah. parties and also just in the fact of dealing with problems yeah. that arise in my life. Do you find it true too? a few less invites to certain things? Oh yeah. There's, yeah. I can tell with certain, <laughs> with certain friends that I still have in here in Bakersfield, I have really close knit friends in, in Oxnard and all, all of them though, they, they, they have a, a, a love for me that I've known them since childhood. So yeah. a lot of them were were more happy for me because they knew how I dealt with it. But yeah. here, here is maybe because I haven't cultivated that deep of, you know, friendships that have lasted for that long mm-hmm. that, oh yeah, I can. And I get the mockery, you know, I yeah. get, you know, here comes the Bible thumper, you yeah. know, here comes Luke, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, well, I'm still the same person. But I'm just saying right drinking, on. bro. But like, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, but that that's just, you know, things that n- nothing too crazy. So right yeah. on. Well, our prayer for you guys is that the Lord just keeps opening incredible doors for you guys. I know Luke's had a uh, a few opportunities to teach and minister. He ministers to a small group uh, within the life of his church. So you're starting to lead now and do things. And Crystal, we're just watching you become so fruitful in your life and serve in different places and bear all kinds of kingdom fruit in your guys' life. And I think somehow it's hard not to think and bring this back to uh, uh, the valley of decision in your guys' life where the Lord was wanting something and, and, and you got there, you finally gave this thing to the Lord. And I think the reason we really wanted to interview you guys, because I think this issue is big enough in the church to have really wide open conversation about it. Uh, we, over the years have realized that when you, when, when our position on it, pretty clear, be an alcohol free couple, right? We it just, there's nothing good about it. The whole industry to me is grievesome, what it's done to families. We just see it over and over and over again. So we're pretty militant about it actually, but we know that that it's always a journey coming to it and the Lord has to do it. But I, I just feel like there's so many couples out there that are somewhere in the negotiating process. They're trying to figure out this gray area out. And watching your guys just affirms to Charlene and I more and more that a couple, once the Lord begins to call this out and begin to move upon the heart and he, and he wants this, boy, just surrender quick. Because what breaks open, if, if you guys are any indication, your whole life changed here. I think it's, it was a watershed thing that the Lord wanted to do and he did it. And you guys are now experiencing things. It's opened up a, a part of your spiritual life and your walk with Jesus that I just think is, is fantastic. And I think it is related to a yieldedness and a surrenderedness in your guys' life over this specific issue, right? So, yeah. Thanks for sharing your story with yeah, us, man. Thank you so much. We've loved this. It took three times to do this, but uh, <laughs> we welcome. got it. Thank you for having us. Yeah, th- thank you for having us, you guys. Yes. All right. Let me pray for you guys. Father, thank you for this couple. And in Jesus' name, we pray that you continue to open every effectual door for their life. Any couple listening, Lord, I, I just know this is a big issue. There are couples 
believing couples following Jesus that are struggling with, what do we do with this particular area of our life? Lord, I just pray that you'd have your way in every heart listening and that you would be leading and guiding and by your spirit that you'd be giving them strength to simply do the things that you've called them to do. So we commit this area to you. We commit the church of Jesus Christ to you. Pray, Lord, that you'd continue to grow up your body in a powerful way. We just love you, Lord. Thank you for this couple in Jesus' name today. Amen. 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 All right. Until next time, gang, God bless you all. Bye.